Now it's time for Brunel. Unleashed. Mike, 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 Mike. Woo-hoo! Presented by ESPN New Hampshire and Dirty Water Sports. Shake it back, brilliant. Here we go. All right, this is Grinnell Unleashed. I'm your host, Mike Grinnell, and what better way to kick off a new podcast than on St. Paddy's Day with the man, the myth, the guy you always see in the background of championship celebrations in the wonderful city of Boston, Brian Black, also known as Boston's Blackie. Blackie, what's going on, big guy? Happy St. Paddy's Day. What's up, brother? What's going on? Hey, and it's uh, happy uh, NCAA tournament day, too. Exactly, exactly. I was going to get to that. You make a bracket yet? Uh, I don't like making brackets, man. I don't like making brackets. Then I get too tensed up watching TV and stuff. I just like to enjoy, watch the games. Uh, See some upsets. So, Blackie, let me ask you. Are you Irish? Uh, That's the funny thing. I don't know what I am, brother. I'm adopted. Yeah, I I was going to ask you that because Black, even the last name Black, that's that's a pretty American last name, it seems like. Yeah, my father, I think, is English and Irish, but my biological parents, I have no clue what I am. <laughs> I just go with it. I'm an American man. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, but, you know, um, let me give a little list, my listeners, uh, you know, a little, basically a rundown on, on who you are and why the fuck I even had you on this podcast. Before, before um, you say anything, I'm absolutely nobody. What you were you about to say? I'm just lucky to have some cool friends. Yeah, and and you know that's what I was gonna say because I you know we were you were courtside at the Celtics game the other night and I was uh, watching your periscope and you know someone commented on it, Blackie, how or how are you a Boston celebrity? And you were like, I'm not. I just got a lot of good friends. You know, tell me how you know this all came about because you know for those who don't know, you know Blackie Brian Blacks, you know he's at the center of Boston sports. You know he. Patriots, he's got good friends on the Patriots, Bruins, you know, Celtics, Red Sox, and, you know, whether he's out partying with Gronk, you know, on vacation with the Veritex, or, you know, even just hanging out in, with Mike Napoli, you know, you're, he's basically everywhere. So, you know, how did this all happen? Bro, same way for you, well, same way for you in ways, at bars, working in bars, man, growing up, and, you know, these guys came, come in, uh, you know, obviously it was before some of the guys that are here now, but... The way I was raised, my old man would never let me wear another man's name on my jersey. Like, as much as I would love Larry Bird or Reggie Lewis or somebody, I could never wear their jersey because that's not my last name. And I was also raised, you don't ask for an autograph. You shake their hand. You tell them if you see them out, hey, I liked you in that game. Congratulations. And you just kind of treat people like I treat you or you treat me and just, you know, just regular, they're just regular people. You know, you don't bother don't bother people for tickets and don't ask for autographs and, you know, don't talk. The last thing that any of those guys want to do is talk about their day with you. They don't want to talk about baseball. They don't want to talk about football. They don't want to talk about basketball. You know, they just they just want to be treated, you know, respectfully and have fun. Like these guys, some of these guys can't even go to CVS or can't even go to the supermarket anymore. You know, it's just it's just crazy, and they just want to live a normal life and have fun. I think the biggest thing, I, you know, I, if I was a professional athlete, you know, finding friends that you can trust, I feel like, would be the biggest thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing about me. I mean, I'm the most, I don't, I don't put up with any bullshit when it comes to these guys. Like, you don't do anything. If anybody that's around me and associated with me crosses anybody, then it's it's over with right there. Like, these guys have careers. They have lives they have you know they have family they have friends they have other stuff going on that they're under the microscope 24 hours a day seven days a week that 
you need to make people feel comfortable and just, you know, you need, they need to be able to trust you. Yeah. And but like, you, but it goes beyond that. Like, if you're, you're talking about the Celtics game. I get to go to the Celtics game because one of my best buddies, John Dooley of Echo Store Technologies, those are, those are the companies, those are his and the company seats. I met John at a golf tournament maybe seven years ago. John is one of the biggest philanthropists in Boston, one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. And John likes to have fun. Yeah. So John and I get along. Yeah. I like to have fun, man. Like that's that's, that's bottom line. <laughs> I that's, think we all know that, Blackie. Yeah, you know it's all about ratios, brother. It's all about ratios. It is. It is. And and we'll get to the ratios in a sec. But you know, I, you just you just mentioned that you know you don't really take shit from anyone, especially when it comes to in regards to your friends. You know, Rob Gronkowski had a tweet um, last week, and you know I, I'll read the tweet here, um, and he's got a lot of criticism for it. And um, in the tweet, he said, if you think about it. If you think about it, that option pickup basically equals a pay cut for the next four seasons. I don't work hard for those reasons. Ha ha. You know, a lot of people criticize Gronk for that. I kind of looked at Gronk taking that as a Tom Brady perspective on things. You know, like he's going to play for cheaper, but we're not even going to get into that. But, you know, you had some strong words on Facebook after the fact of all this, uh, defending your buddy Gronk. You know, how do you how do you feel about this whole Gronk situation? And, well, the you know, whole thing is that, okay, so... So we won't even touch on that tweet because basically Rob works out three times a day. No matter what he's doing, he works out. He's an animal. That's what he's saying. He doesn't get paid to worry about. He doesn't get paid to worry about money or anything like that. He's all set. He gets paid to play football. Bottom line, like you know, the people chirping and people saying what they are. There's so many keyboard heroes nowadays. Social media has just spins things, whether it's sports, politics, whatever, in so many different directions that people people don't don't get it but like what you're saying like so rob was getting crap about the uh grunk party cruise and there was a lot of guys saying well what if cam newton did it well what if this guy did it well what if that guy did it well there was a lot of the big issue i think with cam newton as looking as an outsider looking in cam newton does a lot of great he's fun he's energetic he gets into it but his celebrations when he scores, he gets right up in the faces, and he, he's right there taunting almost the team that, he, that he's playing against when he does his dab and stuff. When Rob does a, a, a Gronk spike, watch. Rob walks away, and there's usually never a player around him for the opposing team. And that's the big thing. He's not making it rubbing in their face saying, hey, F you. You know what I mean? He's out there having fun. And sometimes Cam Newton does things that it looks like it's an F you to the other team, and that's what's rubbing people the wrong way. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, any of that crap. That crap doesn't matter. It's how you're perceived, how you're doing it. Blackie, as someone who's, you know, you're always with Gronk. You know, I mean, you're not always with him, but, you know, you're with the guy a lot. You know him. You know his family. You know his friends. Why? I don't get why the fuck more people don't act like Gronk when it comes to, you know, being better safe than sorry, you know? I mean, from, from what I've been told, he has a personal driver at all times. Is that correct? Yeah, he has a, an assistant bodyguard driver goon who takes care of him. And I, like, Why don't more professional this, athletes you, do this? I'll tell you this. People, like, you know, I don't like getting into, that, getting into this stuff, but Rob is one of the most intelligent human beings you'll ever meet. Uh, he just likes to have fun. And what's wrong with having fun and enjoying it with your friends and your brothers and you, and everything as long as you're not hurting anybody and he's not hurting anybody so like all that crap it's that's all it is is crap and it's 
you know what I mean? Like, it just ratings grabs by certain radio stations. It's radio grabs by certain television shows, you know, because the more that they, it's the Howard Stern effect. The more people hate somebody, what they're, they're talking about, say two sportscasters in the afternoon on a TV show, say that to always downing Boston and talking crap, they know they're going to get more listeners the more that they, the more hate that they spew. Exactly. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's and, the problem. And we can look to that afternoon, sh- afternoon show on uh, 985 when we're, when we're talking about that. But uh, there's, well, there's a couple of them, but I'll bite my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually, I honestly don't even listen to sports radio. Really? And I... You're a big WAAF guy, aren't you? Yeah, AAF, the Hillman Morning Show. Greg, yeah. uh... Greg's been a good friend and mentor to me for years and years and years. Yeah, he does a lot of charitable work, doesn't he? Yeah, they actually... Um, I love that shit. Yeah, they, that's their charity, the Greg Hill Foundation, actually. If you look them up, what they do is, like that trooper that passed away in that car accident yesterday, yeah. or got hit Rest by the uh, car, uh, within an hour and a half of that happening, or two hours of that happening, a donations page went up on Greg's, the Hill, uh, Greg Hill Foundation website. Now, what happened is they, they'll talk about that during the show today, and listeners and people can call in or they can go on the website and donate money. Then Greg and the Greg Hill Foundation, which actually duly sits on the board, they match the donations, and they cut those checks right away wow. and give them to the family. Like, that family for the trooper will probably have a check by tomorrow or Saturday, I'm sure. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, they put hand, like the Boston Marathon bombing victims, the families, the people that passed, they had checks within a week in their hand to help with funeral expenses and everything Holy else. Holy shit, that's awesome. Like, yeah, I, I love charities, that stuff. man, that dip and they take money and they put money where it shouldn't be, and, and these guys do it right. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you got to respect that. You have to. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, just you and, you know, being friends with, you know, all these guys, I know, you know, I know you were good buddies with Tyler Sagan. I know you were good buddies with Mike Napoli. When these guys, you know, both, both of whom left the city, you know, when these guys leave, I mean, I know you were really close with those two in particular. Don't you, like, doesn't that suck? Don't you miss these guys? Uh, or is it just like an endless I mean, cycle I mean, of professional athletes? Nowadays, like, tech, I mean, I talked to, I talked to Mikey couple times a week, uh, you know, we, we send fun Snapchats back and forth to each other. Um, Mike, Mike's, my relationship with Mike is a different animal um, than a lot of how I am with a lot of my friends. Um, you know, his family's my family. That's my brother. Like, no matter what Mike ends up doing the rest of his career, that's, that's family. He'll, I'll always be there. He'll always be there. Like, that's... He's my kindred spirit in many ways. Like, <laughs> I mean, this guy, him and I would sit at his house and what, like, when he had his sleep apnea surgery. You know, people always think, you know, I'll party and blah, blah. No, that's not. When Mike was rehabbing for his facial surgery and stuff, you know, we'd sit on the couch for two weeks straight playing video games, and Mike and I can have a conversation without even talking to each other. Like, we can look at each other and be like, yeah, I'm hungry too. I know what he'd want to order. He'd know what I want to order. But, like, it's just a different animal. So you guys like, are best friends. He's your best friend. Uh, he's, he's one of my closest friends, yes. Yeah. Definitely. He's, it's just a different, we have a different relationship. He's, and Mike is probably the greatest guy you'll ever meet. And I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. He is an amazing guy. So when, you know, but when they get traded, you, you don't, like, you know, you don't miss sitting on the couch with him for two weeks straight? I do. It's business is business. Yep. But during the baseball season, that doesn't happen. 
You know what I mean? During baseball, it's that's that that stuff doesn't happen. You know, in the and then off the off season this year, I flew down to Dallas a couple times, so I was down there with him, hanging out, haven't missed a beat. You know, I plan on uh, being in Cleveland. That's that's a tough opening series for me to get those Sox and Cleveland playing Cleveland. Yeah. So I got Mikey, but then I got all the boys on the other side. You know, I'm a, a little torn. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I, I don't care about any other Indians yet until, you know, besides Mike Batting. What about but, Tito? You know Tito? Uh, I met Tito in passing. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a dude's a dude, you know. Um, Nap just was Boston baseball, though. Don't you get that feeling like, he, you know, he had the beard. He was like, he, he gave you that whole blue-collar feel that the city had. And, and I know it's probably a little different for you because he's your, you know, he's your buddy. But, you know, as a media member looking at it, I mean, I miss Mike Napoli. You know, I miss, you know, hearing stories about Napoli pounding, pounding booze in the bars, walking down Boylston Street with his shirt off, smoking cigs. Like, well, that was, that was just, I mean, obviously, you know, <laughs> like, championship like, stuff, Mike but... That's one bad thing that you got to wrap that. That's what it was like all the time. That's 100% not what it's like. Uh, that was the World Series. That was that's a totally different ball game. Oh yeah. For those 40 for those 40 straight days that we partied. <laughs> um, 40 straight. You guys went 40 straight days. I think it was 40 out of 42 or something like that. It was some obscene number. Now, now you don't, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But who was the craziest motherfucker out of all those guys during that 40 day bender? Oh, there's nobody. There's there's nobody that there's nobody that like. If you're comparing like all the championship runs that people had, there there's there's nothing like that one. That one beat any of the Bruins ones. That beat any of the Patriots ones. Anything like that. Really? Just because the whole because the whole marathon thing, or just because the group of guys? I think that. That team, like obviously, we go back to two thousand, the two thousand and one uh, Patriots one. Like we really can't describe that to anything. We can't compare it because that was the first one, and then the Red Sox one in two thousand four was kind of like, wow, like I can't believe they. Yeah, holy know, they, shit! They, they actually it, it was did about it. beating the curse. Yeah, and then two thousand seven, you kind of expected it because the team was pretty solid. Yeah, they were stacked. This team in 2013, that, that team wasn't supposed to do what they did. No. No, no. way. I mean, we saw, look, at they finished last place the year before and the year after. Yeah, they're not supposed to. But there's a lot of things that go in that the media doesn't, the, the wrong media, which is 90% of the Boston media, um, there's about seven media members in Boston that I trust. Uh, and it's pretty easy if you follow me, who you, you know who they are. Oh, yeah. A couple, couple guys from Nesson. Um, you know, the Barstool guys are the best out there. They, I don't care what anybody says. Those guys... They're the best, they tell, aren't they? Yeah, they tell it like it is. I love those guys. And, and can I tell you, Blackie, you know, getting... Hosting a radio show, it, it's tough to get guests on sometimes. And every single time I've ever asked Jared Carabas to come on my show, no matter what time of the day it is, even when he was working his 9-to-5 job, he always made time for us. And, you know, people think these Barstool guys, you know, they're kind of like you know, got their head up their asses and, you know, they think they're better. But that's so untrue. I mean, those Barstool guys are awesome. The, the, the Barstool guy, I, I'm telling you, they're, if you don't have Barstool in your city, I feel bad for you because they, they make certain things fun. Um, they're, they're all good guys top to bottom. But back to the 2013 team, this team wasn't supposed to do anything. And then you guys get, you got a guy like Lackey in your rotation who pitched hurt for two years, doesn't, Make a 
that he guy never made an excuse, never did anything. He went out there every five days, hurt, not saying a word for almost a year and a half, two See, years, whatever it was. And I never knew that, Blackie. And, and when we when we bar uh, when I was bar backing for you at the place, I'll I will never forget this. I'll never forget this moment when I I think we were in the basement. And something of John Lackey got brought up, and I go, oh, the curse of John Lackey. That's why they suck now. And you got pissed at me. You were like, you don't even know the half of it, kid. Like, shut the hell up. You have no idea what you're talking about. And I didn't because the media wasn't reporting that, you know, Lackey's going out there pitching hurt every day. They're pitching the negativity towards Lackey, you know? And then what happened in 2013? When he's pitching healthy, he comes out on fire. Yeah, exactly. He's a stud. And he he starts the game that we clinched the World Series in. So John Lackey is... Another one of those guys that people are like, oh, John Lackey was one of the nicest, uh, down to earth. Without didn't, a doubt, I can, I can. Give a, that guy didn't give a fuck. Like he, he even his worst, worst, worst season. He didn't hide. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't crawl into a hole. He's a gunslinger that he can be on my team any day of the week. That motherfucker. Oh yeah, and I, and I'll tell you. I mean, every time I used to have to carry all those beers through the crowd of people at the place. He would always, I mean, he'd always have two beers in his hand, but he would make sure everyone got out of the way for me. Like, everyone. And, and, and you know, as a barback, you appreciate that because, you know, so many people just kind of, you know, look yeah, past you. Yeah, bar, barbacking is that if it's all your listeners out there, you know, you see that hot waitress with the double D boobs and she's smiling at you. She's just taking your money. <laughs> see that kid that's hitting on your girl, that good-looking bartender that should be in a, a soap opera, on a, you know, during the week. He's just trying to make money. The most important person in the bar, hands down, is the bar back. Uh, There's there's no doubt about that. So, ladies, if you see a bar back, instead of giving the number to the bartender, give your number to the bar back. And, guys, tip the bar backs because they're helping you get laid. Hey, and and Blackie, I know you appreciate the bar backs a lot. I don't know if you remember, but, God, it was four summers ago when I was bar backing for you at the place in Boston. You actually, I don't know if you remember, it was my last day, and you went up on the stage and you go, hey, free bottle of the nicest champagne we got to the first lady that goes and makes out with our bar back. And do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yeah, and it was a $3.99 bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, she, and, and her, her and her boyfriend, her boyfriend was there too, was encouraging me to make out with his girlfriend. And then, uh, a little, little cuckold situation, buddy, there. It's, yeah. uh, that's on that's on bar stool level right there. Yeah, exactly. And then and then I <laughs> we didn't have the champagne to give to him. We had to run across the street or something to get get it to him. Yeah, probably sounds about right. <sighs> I probably was, was half in the bag when I was working anyway. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. But that's the best part about the nightlife industry. Yeah, just have fun with it, man. You know, and, exactly. and a lot of that goes back to, you know, to me. My one of my biggest mentors on that that way and the reason why I'm good at what I do um, in my relationships with certain people when it comes to stuff like that is SJ Torres. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, SJ, you know, and SJ's like me. You know, 90% of the city can't stand me. 90% of the city can't stand SJ. But the right 10% is the 10% that matters. And the 10% that does you know, generally love SJ. Like, I, I, I yeah. friggin' love, I would go to the end of the earth for SJ. I mean, he, I would not be sitting here at the ESPN studios right now if it was not and for his him. Mo- and I mean, his motivational speeches that just get you fired up. Oh, yeah. He should, he should be, a, he should be a coach or doing something. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I'm really pulling for him right now. I know he's trying to lose some weight and, you know, every time I see him, he looks better and better. So, you know, I'm pulling for him right now. Well, that's one thing people don't know about SJ either, unless you remember from back of the day. And I was a kid when I first met SJ. He was like, a beast. He was a jacked savage. 
Like you, you looked, you open the dictionary and you picture a, a savage. That was SJ. SJ <laughs> was two sixty, ripped to shreds. Uh, would get all the hot girls. Uh, back then, you could do things certain ways. And I remember one team at time, he basically wiped out the whole BU hockey team. I had to be like 18 years old, 17 or 18 years old uh, at Daisy's, and he wiped out the whole BU hockey team. Like, that guy's a legend. Yeah, like, he's told me, luck, lucky for me, he actually, uh, I, I attended Plymouth State University, and he also attended Plymouth. And he, he was, was a, yeah, he, he would, you heard the stories then about his keg parties up there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've heard, heard all about them, how he had beat the crap out of half the kids at the house. And Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that nowadays because of social media. Oh, no way. No, no. But but Blackie, you know, you mentioned SJ as a savage. I mean, you're pretty savage. Sets pretty much of a savage yourself. You know, with St. Patty's Day, you know, being today, tell, you got to tell me a crazy St. Patty's Day story. Crazy St. I mean, you got to have at least one. I you? I honestly thank God for Facebook memories popping up because uh, at the heyday, the bar McFadden's, which uh, because of certain practicing policies. Um, is no longer there. We like to bend rules way too much. And as soon as you have an ice luge on a Wednesday night and promote it and the city finds out, you're going to lose your like a license. And <laughs> unfortunately that's what happened. But oh, it must've uh, been crazy there. Oh, St. Patrick's day for me. I'd get there about, first of all, I'd work the night before until two I'd close. Uh, and I'd be home by three. I'd sleep until five and I'd be there from six until probably three o'clock in the morning. And I had two buddies that were always with me. They were, you know, my friends and they managed the bar with me, Giuseppe and Danny Ionello. And I remember one year, Giuseppe and I were the only two managers on. We were there from 6 a.m. until close at 2 a.m. And then we're counting money and like we had to do drops of like 10 to 12 grand every hour of cash. Jesus. Like, we, I legitimately had to, like, hire a security guy that had a... Because you guys were reeling in so much? It was... We did the the highest... We did the most that uh, McFadden's ever did for the hours that we were open at the time. It was insane. Now, where was McFadden's located? Uh, State Street, right in the corner of State and um, that little extension. Right across from where Kitty O'Shea's was. Okay. It yeah. ended up being the stadium. Oh, okay. So it's stadium? Yeah. Well, they shut Stadium down as well, too, didn't they? Yeah, they, you can't play any games. There's a new place. It's a new craft beer place called the Gingerbread Man or the Gingerbread House. And they actually opened today. And there's some crafty upstate New York bar. And they're opening a Boston on St. Patrick's Day in a bar in an area that's all Irish bars. I pray for them because they have no <laughs> idea what they're getting into. Yeah, they have no clue. Now, now Blackie, let me, let me ask you, you know, your favorite part of the city, where, where do you like to go out? You're everywhere, and you know I, I'm more I, of a guy that's in the God, West there's End. There's so many good. There's so many, I have so much fun when I go out. Yeah. That I don't have a specific favorite bar to go to. It all it, like it all depends. If I'm going to a Celtics game, we usually pregame at um, Tavern on the Square. And not the greatest bar. What the fuck? No, we pre no we pregame at Tavern on the Square, and we end up at the greatest. Hell yeah. Because it's more of a party than some of the other bars around there. Um, if I'm going to Faneuil Hall, I'll just kind of like bounce around, I guess. Um, it, it all depends on the day of the week. I, I like to go out more 
on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I don't like to go out as much on a Friday or Saturday night. I like to go out during the week, which is more industry-driven nights, um, be it you know Storyville or at, at Down or Society and High or something like that. Um, but then obviously I have to plug Saturday nights at the baseball tavern. Which is always a fun time. Yeah, tavern house party. Uh, the guys from 617. Um, they do a great job as well. Yeah, Ace and them, they're just, they're just legends. They got a group of uh, young bucks. Um, my buddy Jordan, TJ, Joey, these guys, they call themselves Boston Knights. And they needed kind of somebody to stir the pot. And like, uh, I'm on operation side of the bar. And I also have a pretty good Rolodex of people to invite. So we thought it was a great marriage, so to speak. So we have a great team there. We do the Tavern House Party every Saturday night, uh, 9 to close. And it's just open format music. You know, you might be hearing old school hip-hop, then you're going to hear country, and you're going to hear this. And it's, it gets pretty wild. Um, the ratios... Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk next. Is I mean, you're you're a guy. You know, we can say you're known for your you know hanging out with you know all these athletes and whatnot. But you know, I think you're more known for your ratios nowadays. I mean, you sent me a Snapchat a few weeks back of you in a box at the Bruins with I'd say probably 25 girls, and I'm not talking ugly chicks. These were hot chicks. Were 25 smoke shows and just chicks with an X, chicks with an X, chicks in a box. Yeah, chicks in a box. I mean, that was that was absurd. How did you pull that one off? Once again, if you, you have the right friends that, hey, I got a box, you want to bring a bunch of girls. Um, I like to have fun. And obviously, now, I know who my guy friends are. My guy friends are my, my friends. Those are the people that I have fun with. Now, if we want to have fun with just the guys, we're going to go out and golf 18. You know what I mean? Yeah. The rest of the time, we're human beings. We're all savages. We want, you want females around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you want girls around, and pretty girls. And it's just, I don't know, I just, it is what it is. And I tell the girls all the time, I'm like, hey, I might, when they're out with us, they know the rules, too. Like, hey, I might take a picture, and I might take a video, and I might put something on social media, but you better not if I tell <laughs> you not to. Yeah, you can't, but, but I can. Yeah, because you have to protect, because some of these people... You know, we won't get into it, but, you know, we saw what happened, you know, this past winter with oh, somebody. No. Yeah, we oh, see the last sh- winter with somebody. Dude, we like, see this shit all the time. You've you got to be very, like, if I'm out with some of the boys, I don't, I don't post, I don't do any of that stuff. But if I'm out with my guys like Dooley or Scotty or those guys, we like to have fun. It is what it is. You know, and, and, and our girlfriends that are our friends are cool. Like, you know, you got Gracie Tracy, you got our friend Lauren. Like, our crew, our crew is a good crew. Yeah. Yeah, again, Mike Grinnell alongside Brian Black here talking fucking everything. I mean, we're talking St. Paddy's Day. We're talking... Are you even drinking, bro, right now? I'm working right now. You're not you're such a liar. You're not allowed to drink in the studio. Uh, I'm not. It's bullshit. I'll tell you why I can't either, because, you know, the first show I ever did with Dirty Water at the Greatest Bar... They let us drink while we did it, of course. You know, that's, that's how dirty water rolls. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had about 10 beers too many. Ended up getting a huge fight with my co-host. And I woke up to a, about three or four calls from SJ the next morning telling me I can never drink on the air again. Oh, you got the band from SJ not to drink? Yeah, and when SJ, that's when I knew. I was like, SJ, and Billy called me as well, told me I can't drink. So when yeah, Billy, I don't think Billy knows how to text, does he? No, we know. No way. No, so when Billy Fairweather and SJ Torres tell you, call you and tell you, you've got to stop drinking on the job, you got to stop. 
I don't know who your co-host was, but if you got into a fight with somebody, they were a total douchebag, and I'm taking your side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you, and I still remember what the fight was about. I'm still pretty friggin' pissed off about it. It was about David Ortiz, and I think that David Ortiz, you know, he's earned his right to basically do whatever the fuck he wants around here. So I, that's, you know, that was the argument I was making, and he basically said Ortiz is a big baby and doesn't deserve that. He's a, but whoever that your co-host was, if he said that about, he says that about Poppy, but if Poppy walked into whatever bar he was at, he'd be the first person buying Poppy a shot. Oh, yeah. He'd be, he'd be on his knees blowing him. And can I say, that guy is... He, David is David. David is... What you see is what you get. When David walked out there and said, this is our fucking city, that wasn't planned. That was David being David. That wasn't planned at all. He just did that, you know, kind of off the... I'm sure he, he had in mind what he was going to say, and they whatever, but there's no way that the Red Sox knew he was going to slip and fucking in there. Yeah. And there's a lot of these guys that you see. That's another thing, too, right now you have to think about. He's going to retire, give him a couple years, and he's going to be back with the organization like a Pedro, Tim Wakefield. Yeah, like a, a hitting Ver- coach. He'll, he'll be the hitting coach. A Verite- uh, Actually, you know who I wouldn't be surprised once he retires, who comes back and is a hitting coach or the bench coach, is Mikey. Yeah, really? Yeah. He, he loves the game, man. And I wouldn't be surprised. if it, I don't think David want, would want to be on the road. Yeah, be, be definitely. day-to-day like that. Uh, that's asking a lot, um, but he'll be back with his organization in some. They'll they'll make up some cockamamie assistant to the assistant of the assistant GM uh, in charge of PR and hitting. Yeah, Blackie. Before I let you go here and, and let you get to all the booze you're gonna consume today, you big booze bag. Uh, I think I'm going to a House of Pain guy. House of Pain. House of Pain. My uh, actually, my boss is going to House of Pain tonight. At Royale. Yeah, yeah. My boss will be there. Look for him. Um, but, oh, jeez, I just forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, you just got back from vacation with the Veritex. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, no comment on any of that. That's, that's, that's family time. That's, that is what it is. But, like, you know, you're close with Jason Veritek? Ah, uh, yeah. Jason is, uh, Jason is, I'll tell you this about Jason. Not that obviously, I'm not, I don't get into personal stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Jason... The best way that I can describe Jason is this past baseball season. Um, I was out with four or five guys on their team, on the Sox team and their wives, for dinner for Brock Holt's birthday. And of course you were. Yeah, of course <laughs> I was. I was I was I was napped date, so let's let's not pretend there was anything I was any any other reason there, but besides to be his date. <laughs> drinking and, uh, Tito's and water. Uh, no, I was drinking Corona at the time. <laughs> I didn't drink, I didn't drink Tito's and water until I came back from Dallas for the Cowboys Patriots game. I don't understand and this I, whole Tito's and vodka thing either. Tito's. I mean Tito's and water. Tito's water because if you drink, we're not normal. Like I don't drink five beers. Like, I'll, ha- I'll drink for 12 hours straight, and it's not... And I don't drink every day. Like, I don't drink at my house. I don't drink... If I go to dinner, I don't really pound. I might have a couple beers, but I don't pound. Yeah, drink. I'm the same way. But drinking all the sugary stuff and drinking all beers and stuff, you get bloated. You do. You feel kind of like, ugh, the next day. You drink Tito's and water with lemon. There's no carbonation. There's no sugar. And the lemon's a natural diuretic. And you just feel like you wake up... You drink Tito's and water all night, and you're going to wake up regular water, not soda water. You're going to wake up hydrated. Really? Yeah. It's a hundred. It's, it, it saved my but life. The taste, like, the taste I, though. It, 
as long as you squeeze, you don't put your lemons in it, you squeeze a couple of lemons in there, okay. trust me, you don't want your bartender to be a barbarian and pour you like a 12 count and then a splash of water. Yeah, no, You know, you that. do a nice even pour with a nice mixture of water, a couple of lemons, you mix it up, and it tastes like, honestly, it tastes like ice water with a lemon. With the Tito's in it? Tito's, tap yeah. water, and three lemons, I'm telling you. It, and it's, it, you feel so much better because you're, you're staying hydrated at the same time. So St. Patty's Day, would you suggest that, or should I go Guinness today? Guinness is like a, no. What you do is just go three Miller Lights and a shot of Jameson. Jamo. Three Miller Lights and a shot of Jameson. That's what I'm going to do. But back to the quick thing about what about Tecto. Uh, so we were all out, and then we were going from the restaurant to a place next door uh, just to have a nightcap because the boys didn't have a game or practice or anything. They were on an off day um, the next day. Jason was around, and he met up with us. And watching these Major League Baseball players, talking to Jason and in awe of Jason is – I've never seen – like, I've been around. I've never – I don't – you usually don't see that. You don't see other players be in awe of somebody. And when he's around, he demands and he commands respect with just being himself, which is a great guy. And – you know, I, I'm one who has been on the record. I actually, I tweeted it out last year, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or disagree on this, but, and you probably won't, probably shouldn't even comment on it, but, you know, I really, and I know the Red Sox, you know, they just signed Tory Lavillo just in case, you know, John Farrell doesn't work out, but, man, would, would Jason Veritek be a fun manager of the Red Sox to watch? Well, he did do that. He did almost go to, uh, he did. Uh, interview oh, he interviewed somewhere, right? Yeah, it was Seattle. That yeah. was that was on the record. Listen, Jason. Jason's not going to run into anything without being prepared. The guy's is most prepared human being on the planet. Uh, if he's ready, when he's ready, um, you know, down the road, if he decides to go that path, which you know we don't talk about that stuff, but you know I can just see things. Um, if he ever decided to do that. Whoever gets him is in for something special because that guy's the real deal. All right, Mike Grinnell alongside Brian Black, also known as Boston's Blackie. You can follow him on Twitter at Boston's Blackie. Um, this is Grinnell Unleashed, presented by Dirty Water Sports and ESPN New Hampshire. Thanks for listening.